Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlewy.net for further information. Hello everyone, Mark here from the Build Up Podcast. On this week we look forward to a massive weekend in sport across rugby, football, GEA and of course the NFL as always. You can listen to the full show by searching the Build Up on Balls.e on all good podcast apps or indeed looking through the Balls.e podcast feed. But here we're about to play our interview with Stephen Ferris ahead of Ireland against New Zealand. Stephen, last week we spoke about Japan and Scotland and you uh, suggested that uh, people weren't actually paying enough attention to how well Japan were uh, were actually playing. We we'll get into Ireland and New Zealand in a minute, but just a quick word on that Japan Scotland game. Though that some of that uh, some of the play from Japan was absolutely magic. It was magic, um, magic. All like the the Japanese were in dreamland after the first forty minutes. Some of the tries that they scored, I was sitting in um, the in laws house watching it on the television and jumping off off the off the sofa for some of the tries that they scored. It was just world-class. Like, I know that phrase is thrown around probably too often, but, you know, Japan were outstanding to a man. Um, and, you know, yeah, they did get a little bit of a scare, but at the same time, when Scotland came back at them that last 20 minutes, I think they, you know, they just put their bodies on, their, on, on the line and were able to close out a, a really um, important game, which will stand them well, not only going into next week, but will stand them well getting into the, the, the near future. Um, and hopefully we'll see Japan play many more test matches at, at a higher level. It's funny, you see the, uh, you know, everybody's kind of like kind of wanting Scotland to win to help Ireland, but, you know, you watch the match for 10 minutes and it's just impossible not to not to kind of cheer on this Japan team with the kind of the way they play and versus the way Scotland play. Like the the style of even some of their tries were just unbelievable. Is that something that they can replicate against like South Africa this week that, you know, will... Like, Scotland didn't learn any lessons to what happened to Ireland. I think that's fair enough. They didn't do what we talked about on the show after that, which was, like, you know, kick the ball dead, stop the momentum, anything like that. South Africa are going to... Yeah. <laughs> they're going to learn the lessons for sure. Um, can Japan still kind of play... They only really know how to play that way, don't they? Yeah, they do, and they're sticking to their guns. Um, you know, you see their loose head prop coming off them at the weekend. Um with the busted rib, he probably weighs about 100 kgs. Um, but he's, you know, just the, the hard work and the work ethic that they, they seem to have in Japan. They work so hard for each other. Even in the last 15 or 20 minutes, they were so out of breath and so all over the place. Um, but it's just it's just continuous hard work. It seems to get it done for them. Um, but when they are working hard, they are exhausted. They're fatigued. Their skill level is still ridiculously high. And that's one thing that I really admired about this Japanese team is um, when they do come under the pump, um, when they do want to play rugby under fatigue, they seem to execute really, really well. Uh, and they're very smart. I know we've seen a lot of the Canon replays of uh, the slow motion mm. with all the different cameras from front and behind. Uh, and, you know, guys like Fukuoka, you know, are recognizing space and those chip kicks in behind. You know, that's just, that isn't off the cuff you know that's recognising space in front of them and, and actually executing it really really well um, and I just a lot of admiration uh, for, for Japan and where they've come from not only over the last six months or a year but over the last four or five years because they're the talking point uh, the vocal point of, of world rugby at the minute and it's fantastic to see hey, Do they have a hope of beating South Africa? Do you, would you give them uh, a boxer's chance? I give them a boxer's chance, but that's about it. I'm afraid um, 
I, I think them getting to a World Cup quarter final that's like them um, no disrespect I feel like that's a that's a final for them this is their final um, if they got beyond this it would be just extraordinary but if you just look at the South African team um, the way they maul the, the, the long snake and maul with the big men up front really working hard I, I feel that you know, South Africa will be a lot more streetwise than, than Scotland and, and take it to them at set piece time try and maul them off the pitch use their hard runners just to try and run through uh, the Japanese brick walls and um, I just feel that and, and again that uh, there's so much on the line I think the power game is going to come out on top um, and South Africa certainly got the power game that's for sure Sure, I can't believe we've gone uh, four minutes without talking about Ireland, New Zealand. But uh, on to Ireland, New Zealand, Stephen. <laughs> uh, we, that was all the res- restraint we had. Uh, but you know, I don't know. Ireland haven't played New Zealand in the World Cup since 1995. We have never played them in a knockout stage or well, a quarter final as it would be for Ireland, considering we don't go past this this level. But you know, I don't. Know. It's funny because. The longer this week goes, the less I'm worried about the form we've showed in the four games and, you know, 2019 in general. And the more I'm thinking about the fact that this is just such a massive one-off occasion, it could be the biggest day in Irish rugby history. And, you know, in the last four times we've played them, we've beaten them twice and run them close both other times. And, you know, this is a team that definitely knows how to play New Zealand one way or another. I don't know why I'm talking myself into some kind of confidence ahead of this, but I'm just wondering if you share any of that delusion, I suppose. Um, I wouldn't say it's delusion, but at the same time, like if you ask me the question, Stevie, who do you think is the best team in the in the Rugby World Cup? I would say New Zealand. So if I say New Zealand, does that mean that they're going to beat Ireland on Saturday? Um, it, it doesn't, that's, that's for sure. But at the same time, you got to respect... You know what they're trying to achieve. They're trying to achieve three World Cups in a row. They've been the best team in the world for the last decade. Um, they've had players come and go, experienced players come and go, and yet they've still managed to stay at the top. Um, and the worrying thing for me is that you know Ireland have haven't played New Zealand really, and when there's something on the line, mm. like the, yes, they beat them in Chicago. You know there was all this talk that the, the Kiwis were off the back of a four-day stag do and. You know, they come over at the end of the se- end of their season for the autumn internationals, and there's nothing really to play for in, in terms of um, you know trophies uh, at the end of that. So, I-, I think this is going to be the ultimate test for Ireland, where there is something huge on the line here. Like you know, this is this is everything, and this will be a real judge of where Ireland are and, and, and how they're going to cope with New Zealand going forward if they if they reach the same point in a in a World Cup uh, in, in the near future. So, for me. New Zealand are massive favourites and rightly so I think Ireland over the last four or five weeks have not felt me full of confidence with the way that they've played they've stuck with the same game plan the same attritional game that we've witnessed over the last year year and a half and I was really expecting Joe to mix it up but flip it over I haven't seen any starter plays any um, moves off line outs anything really quirky by Joe in the first four games so I think he has maybe three or four different plays up the sleeve and I can guarantee you he'd probably score points off one of those. So, um, yeah, it, it's just it's just such a big game, lads. It's, it's just a game. You walk into the butchers, Stevie. What about this Ireland game? You walk into the coffee shop, Stevie. What about this Ireland game? You walk to the golf course and you're walking around, Stevie. What about this Ireland game? Nobody wants to talk about golf or anything else. All it is is rugby, rugby, rugby. And uh, you know, thankfully everybody is getting behind our nation. Thankfully, 
everybody is enjoying the spectacle that they're putting on for us. And I really just hope that Ireland put in a performance they could be proud of on, on Saturday um, and, and run this New Zealand team close. But if you're going to ask me for a prediction, guys, um, I have to go with, with who I feel is the best team in the tournament, and that's New Zealand. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get to maybe some kind of like... Uh more detailed predictions we'll look at the odds in a, in, in a couple of minutes but like is there have you see obviously the only real game we've really seen New Zealand in was against South Africa they obviously didn't even play Italy they've had a couple of weeks off they played Namibia and Canada which you can't really look too much into we obviously had their kind of half pace rugby championship where they weren't too impressive do you see any sign of a slippage there you know they have obviously they're a little bit inexperienced on the wings maybe that there might be a, 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 a an opportunity to target that you know by ireland you know by johnny by by murray um i don't know I, there's definitely a bit of clutching at straws here but do you see anything in the performances we've seen for them so far this year to suggest that they might be in any way on the wane? Um, I suppose the only question mark and um, it's the same with england you know are they get into such a big game a little undercooked in terms of the opposition that they faced um, and the quality and you know they had the ball for long long periods of time against Canada and Namibia um, and you know against South Africa they didn't really play for the first 20 minutes and only found themselves 3-0 down and then they played for 20 minutes and the game was almost felt like it was over yeah. uh, it's, they have a real uh, knack of just being able to get the job done when it, when it matters and I have a funny feeling that Ireland are going to have to really mix their game up. They, they have to mix their game up. They just can't run into this New Zealand outfit and expect to get, get dividends out of it. I, I think there's going to be smart trick plays up Joe Sleeve. We're going to see a lot of variation with Johnny's kicking. Um, and, you know, there needs to be something cute added to the Irish game for them to get a result. Um, when you say clutching at straws, like I think every Irish fan... Um, hopes that Ireland pulls a, a, a performance and gets a victory but I think every Irish fan deep down feels that New Zealand are playing better rugby than us at the minute you know that's the feeling that I get from everybody is that oh you've always got a chance you know you never know it's a test match and I totally totally agree with that it's on any given day and, and, and knockout rugby and for sure Ireland's got one hell of a chance there there would be relishing this opportunity um, but the Kiwis for me are just at a stage now, even with that rest, if you ask me, would I rather play a test match, a hard physical test match, or would I rather have a week off in the quarterfinal? I'd take the week off all day long. Um, so I think that can only play into their favour. Yeah, no, fair enough. I just like you mentioned, sort of the the you know it is still a test match, and we always have a chance. That that was kind of the uh, the you know the. That was what we used to say going into New Zealand games in the past, and really it was a kind of a fixture fulfillment for a long, long time against New Zealand up until maybe about kind of seven, eight years ago. But you know, I know those two wins didn't come in a more in a, as competitive an environment as a World Cup quarter final. But do you think that that does change the mindset of the players and management, even on the New Zealand team? That like on both sides. Do those wins have an impact on this fixture? Like this is more now than just a kind of a. There's always a hope if we kind of if we turn up at fifteen against fifteen and all those cliches that Ireland will actually believe they can win this game, whether they can or not is another question. Yeah, like all the lads in the dressing room will believe that they're going to win the World Cup. That's the reason they're bloody there. Like you know, they're they're on that plane to go to Japan to win a rugby World Cup, and they feel and like I did in the change room, whether it was against New Zealand, South Africa, whoever it was, you believe that you could win. 
However, some of these guys have beaten the Kiwis, and it's not just about the test match. I think it's it's knowing that you, you've already done a number on them, um, not once but twice, and obviously that's been recently as well. Um, you you kind of look at the Kiwi side, and some of those guys were involved in those games also, so they all know that the Irish team are more than capable of, of, of pulling out a good performance and, and getting a victory. So it, it's almost like, um, from an Irish perspective, that it's a positive but also from a Kiwi perspective they all know what's coming because you know they, they know how dangerous Ireland can be and um, I would not be taking New Zealand lightly just because you've got a, a victory over them over the last couple of couple of years Are you worried about our depth at centre now with Bundiaki obviously um, suspended for the rest of the tournament but as well as that I think the match last week probably Robbie Henshaw you'd be slightly worried about just in terms of game time that he's got under his belt he was he made a few um, handling errors and stuff like that in the game um, who would be the two that you'd go with and do you think that it's a, a, a an area that New Zealand will probably target now I think so you know Robbie Henshaw hasn't had a lot of game time um, over the last three or four months um, you know nursing that hamstring injury coming in and he, he had a pretty poor game let's call it spade a spade uh, knock on a terrible pass where Bundiaki ended up getting um, you know that red card from um, he just didn't look himself and you know that's just being rusty and you can forgive him for that because he has played so little rugby but you, you wouldn't be able to forgive him for that guys if, if it's a World Cup quarter final and two or three of those errors end up costing Ireland seven or 14 points mm. um, and you know that's the decision Joe has to make I, I feel that he will go with Robbie Henshaw and Gary Ringrose in the centre um, I think the, the biggest one for me is who's he, who is he going to select the full back um, is he going to go for the young Jordan Larmer, who I think has really stepped up to the plate. There's question marks over him getting into this tournament. For me, I think he's uh, he's taken any criticism on the chin. Uh, if anything, he's used it to his advantage. Um, you know, and he shut a lot of people up over the last four or five weeks. Uh, and I feel that now is maybe the time um, to to look at somebody like Jordan Larmer coming in. It's such a big game. I have a funny feeling Joe might go back to Rob, um, but I don't know what you guys think about about that one. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder. Is like I feel like it is, it's definitely going to be Carney, but and you know that there's definitely benefits to that as well. Like not to underestimate Carney, but it it does feel like we're in a different era of the game where our like as you said, we're going to have to mix up our style a little bit. Like it does feel like Larmer offers that something bit of a bit different from fullback, and we're probably not going to get to that next level by just playing the same way we always have. Yeah, but he's given us exactly what Rob Carney's given us over the last decade over, over the last three or four weeks like he's been really solid under the high ball there's question marks about him after the the Argentina game in the autumn there not so long ago um, where he didn't have a good day at the office but he's been absolutely superb um, and you know his attacking ability especially off the mark you look at that chase back against Japan where Keith Earls ended up burning him and Keith Earls was, had played 75 minutes before that and uh, you know, young Jordan Larmer was only on the pitch fifteen or twenty minutes. I think he's got such good acceleration, and um, his top end pace probably isn't isn't as good as some of the other lads like Earlsy. But he, he's a tremendous talent, uh, and I feel that you know when you're stepping up to the plate and you're continuously knocking on the door, then that door's going to open at some stage. And whether Joe thinks that door's going to open on on Saturday against New Zealand is a different story. Uh, but I can see a really bright future for young Larmer. 
um, it's brilliant to see him playing to his full potential. Yeah, it's funny actually. I was going to ask you about, and probably will, but it's, it's nearly obviously always like this World Cup has either come a year too late or a year too soon. But that's what I was going to ask in terms of if we go out now and play well against New Zealand, but ultimately lose, which is do you know in all likelihood if you're going by the by Labrooks and the odds, that's what's going to happen. Uh, is this ultimately a disappointing tournament? Like, and like as a country, we have to. We know we really need to be targeting. To, you know, we're all hoping to win this World Cup. The build-up for the last four years has been that we've been building towards a team that can uh, can actually win this tournament. So, regardless of what sort of performance we put in at the weekend, if we don't win, then ultimately, I suppose, it really has to be regarded as a disappointment. It will be. Um, I think you know Joe and all the lads will. I'm extremely disappointed, but I can I can probably see it on the papers, the back pages of the papers about you know the massive disappointment and you know Joe's field and you know Rory Best is a terrible Irish captain, blah blah blah. You know I, I of course you're going to be reading all this here if Ireland do um, get put out, but I think you'll only be reading that if Ireland get get embarrassed. You know if they you know get beaten by twenty five thirty points if they. You know, put in a performance like they did against Russia or, and you know Japan. If, if they're at that level, then they probably will let themselves down, and rightly so should be criticised. But it's a World Cup quarterfinal, and if you can't get yourself up for it, um, then there's something wrong. And, and I feel like this game's going to be a lot closer than what people think. I think we've got a really good referee in Nigel Owens, um, and if you look back at big, big, big Test matches where he's been involved, generally it's quite tight, and he, and he likes to keep it tight. Um, and I think that's a good decision for us, for, for Nigel to come in and ref the game. Um, but yeah, ultimately, guys, if Ireland come home, um, you know, after a 20 point defeat on, on Saturday, which we all hope isn't the case, uh, you know, the, the guys will really be criticised and it will be a huge disappointment. And um, I'm sure there'll be fingers pointed like there always is after, um, you know, a huge deflation after a World Cup. Yeah. Um... New Zealand one to six. I think that's probably you know borderline unbackable, really. Even if we do think that that, that they're the team to win on Ladbrokes, but Ireland four to one. Uh, the handicap though probably a little bit more interesting for me, anyway, Stevie. I don't know if you agree, but Ireland plus twelve. My sense is that like we will put in a performance, and this could be a close game, and we'll keep it tight, and it might be quite low scoring. Twelve points is a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot for a test match, never mind a quarter-final World Cup test match. Um, so I'd be inclined to go on the handicap um, with Ireland. Uh, I think it's going to be tighter than that. I just have a feeling that New Zealand are going to beat us by a score. Um, and it's going to be a really intense last 10 minutes where Ireland are banging at the door and then there might be a last-minute penalty. And, you know, Ireland are heads just drop and New Zealand kick it down to the far end of the pitch and pick and go pick and go the last two or three minutes of the clock this is what I'm visualising at night before I go to sleep <laughs> um, it's, it's, just, it's just Ireland you know, hanging on and I think that's what everybody wants is, is for Ireland to go into that last 20 minutes just with a chance you know if they, if they have a chance of winning this game then it would be fantastic but for me yeah the handicap um, Ireland plus 12 isn't a bad shot yeah, 10 to 11. Look, Stephen, hopefully we'll be chatting to you next week, getting ready for a World Cup semi-final. Fingers crossed, lads. Thanks, Benyon. Cheers. So there we have it from Stephen. 
Ireland plus 12 at 10 to 11. It's I like a, Ireland plus 12. Yeah, it's not a bad one. Um, obviously, as it well. It also allows us to win the game and not ruin the bet, which I kind of enjoy. Yeah, definitely. Labrooks will have a super odds boost on every World Cup game, on the Ireland-New Zealand game and all the rest of the quarterfinals as well. They'll also be dropping in a Euro-free bet into your account on Friday. So you can use that on any sport. Why not use it on the World Cup this weekend? In fact, Mick, mm-hmm. you've been putting together an accumulator for the quarterfinals. I have. And this could be of interest for the old Euro free bet. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way I'm looking at it. It's a kind of, it, it works out as like 5.8 to 1, it's like 6 to 1. I haven't gone into handicaps or anything like that, though I was happy to. It's just that when it worked out, you see, I am going for a shock. So I'm not going for a shock in the Ireland-New Zealand match. I'll be looking, putting different bits of uh, money on Ireland in other places, you know. But for the accumulator, I think it's fair to go for New Zealand uh, 6 to 1 on. It's fair to go for South Africa against Japan at 8 to 1 on. Wales and France is definitely a more interesting one. You kind of don't know what to expect from France as usual, as we like. We could have recorded this in 1987, <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> it might have sounded a little bit more like George Hamilton on the phone from Eastern Europe, yep. but it would ultimately be the same conversation. You don't know. And what France could end up in the World Cup final again. <laughs> I don't think so, because I'm going to go for Wales to beat them at 5-2 to two on. I think Wales have a nous with Gatlin's last tournament that I don't think actually... I think they're almost the worst team for France to come up against at this stage. You know, I yeah. think that they're probably too well coached, too well drilled, and too good defensively. And that's not what France want. France want a, a random shootout where it's 45-42. Although, in fairness, that is what Wales got into against Australia somehow. So I would there's a little bit of awareness in that, but I'm going by basing it on the Six yeah. Nations, Wales, rather than what we've seen in the World Cup. I so was far. also going to say that Australia game was a perfect example of where Wales are at now, where it's like that Australia game, they could have easily lost, but at the same time, you're always like, no. They did Wales, still win, yeah. Yeah, Wales yeah. have this. And like, they, they did keep it in control, and they played well once the game became a contest again, yeah. Um, and then the other one is, speaking of Australia... I am going to lump in with Australia at 5-2, to two, which makes a 5.8-1 to one win. People will be surprised at this. I think we came into the World Cup thinking that England were nearly favourites for the tournament. We talked about how worried we were almost in some of the pre, in, in, during some of the warm-up games. They were so good against Ireland, so good in other matches. Australia, for me, they did beat them in the last World Cup. They are they're a funny, funny team. They were so good in patches against Wales. I've turned on their games where they've been, you know, beating Georgia by a point. And I've turned on where they, you know, were struggling against Fiji. Um, and then whenever I seem to randomly come in after 60 minutes or whatever, suddenly they're fantastic. Yeah. They're the best team in the world. That's happened three times in this tournament so far. So I don't know what's happening to them the rest of the time. But there is a, ch- see, and obviously you have to have a little bit of a leap of faith when you're going with an accumulator like this. There's a chance that they do put it all together. And if they do, they're sort of electric. They're just... And they could be borderline unplayable when they're at their best. And England are undercooked. Stevie's talking about you'd rather have a week off than than, uh, be raring to go and full of form. It's just that they, they played Argentina... And played okay at times. They weren't good in their other two games in you know against poor opposition. I think England needed this France game. I think they were really building towards it. And it didn't happen. And now suddenly you're playing Australia who are there, who have played the four games. I think they have a huge chance. I think it's going to be a good game. If I was back back in it individually, I'd probably go with England. But just to put it into all of this. I think Australia could sneak it and that that gives us a kind of a five point eight to one accumulator. How'd you like that? I don't know. Okay. I'm still worried about like 
Ireland beating New Zealand to me course, if yeah. I was well, yeah exactly there's that and also the fact that what I would say about England being undercooked if I was to look outside New Zealand to win the World Cup it's to me it's still definitely England um, so I find it very hard to, to go against them in the quarterfinal regardless of like if Ireland were playing in Australia you'd say geez, we have every chance of beating them you'd probably nearly put us as favourites to beat them if we were playing England in the quarterfinal it's England all day long still as favourites so if yeah. you look at it from our perspective but then again there is going to be a shock probably this weekend at some point I see where you're coming from I also think that England it wouldn't surprise me if England got into a little bit of referee trouble I think it's, Owen Farrell's got away yeah. with a little bit this year and you see the way things are going that inconsistency is getting a lot more consistent as the tournament goes on although I'm not sure about that either there was a, there was a hit in the Scotland-Japan game that ref didn't even give a penalty for <laughs> after looking at the TMO now it was again I, I would say it was probably penalty borderline yellow card but not a red for sure but he didn't even give a penalty so you don't know but that, that's not impossible either so I'm just I'm, I am looking for reasons I'm definitely trying to get the to pick out because I, I wanted to give people decent odds for it but I would be more inclined to look for the outsider in that game than I would in the other three yeah and that's all I'm saying um, I'm looking at one thing that interests me is uh, South Africa against Japan South Africa to win by between 11 to 20 points is 13 to 5 I feel like it's going to be more than one score but it'll not be a hammering um, now it could end up being 21 points is the issue yeah. <laughs> which is but like like 13 to 5 is not bad like Japan, the handicap, I think, is actually 15. But if you're going, I don't know if Japan will get within 15 of them. Yeah, my guess was 20, I have to say. now, But it was a very kind of offhand guess yeah. um, that I think they'll, they'll eventually stretch away. But it's an interesting one. And it's funny you should say 21 uh, or 11 to 20 because I actually wasn't finished with the Ireland match either because I kind of pushed Stevie towards Ireland plus 12 and he, he agreed with it and that's great but there is another side of that is that I think the Ireland-New Zealand game is one of two games and it's literally as simple as that I think it's either a war of attrition where Ireland are in the game could possibly win could lose you know in the way the last four games between the teams have been since uh, since the Aviva Stadium in 2013. Uh, you know, actually, Chicago's almost the outlier because we kind of had, there was so many points in that game and Ireland ended up winning by two scores. But the other three games have been very, very tight and they've gone either way. Or I think what happened maybe like in the first test in 2012 where New Zealand get two or three early tries and the game's kind of beyond us and then Ireland get a few tries late in the game we're kind of playing for pride that happens in a lot of our quarterfinal defeats actually in the history of the World Cup so that could end up being a kind of a 45-20 kind of scoreline so my thing was to have a look at Ireland plus 12 that's your if you know if you're dividing it up by say if you have five to spare you're almost putting three three and a half on that right that's your big bet but then the other one and a half you're putting on New Zealand between 21 and 30 point win at 7-2 hedging a little bit and then kind of playing into my assertion at least that there's kind of one or two games going to happen here mm. I don't think we're going to lose by 21 points or more but look at this 21 is the, to 30 is 7-2 yeah. to so I, I, I wouldn't rule it out I have to say as I said I would only be doing that bet with an Ireland plus 12 yeah. as my main bet because I that's what I think is going to happen I think we're going to I honestly think we, we have a great chance of. I think we have a 35 to 40% chance of winning the game and I think that 
another 45% chance of it being a contest up until the end. I've decided Lawrence Delalio knows more about rugby than me and he thinks we can win it. So if he yeah, thinks we so can win Morris it... so does Maurice Brosnan. So does Maurice Brosnan, who he definitely knows more, knows more rugby. rugby than me. And, and, <laughs> and possibly Delalio, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but look, it's definitely set up for an intriguing weekend. If you are having a, a bet on any of these tips or indeed anything your own that catches your eyes, be sure to bet responsibly. You can visit dunlewy.net for more information. Up next, we're going to talk to Kevin Doyle about the Premier League weekend and uh, why Ireland are very bad. Bad football. <laughs>